When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Use code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Good evening, good morning, wherever we find you. My name is Corey. I am joined as always by Brendan, and we are coming to you on Sunday, July 10th. You likely hearing this in the wee morning hours of Monday, Mm -hmm. July 11th. The Cubs are off today, Brendan, and I think for most of us uh, Cubs fans, uh, despite the, you know, the real, uh, you know, self-deprecating <laughs> masochists among us, uh, <laughs> probably nice to not have to watch this team for a day after that I series know. in Los Angeles. I know. That, that was a weird one because I come away from that series, even though you lost four, you got swept, but they were competitive. Kind and of. the guys, they kind of were. Deceptively, but the, yeah. Deceptively I, I know what you mean, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, you, like Nico did really well, right? And, like, you know, Strowman came back, and Keegan did well. So it's a weird mix. Like, I can tell my own fandom is transitioning to not really caring that much yeah. about the outcomes. I think it's and been more, for a while, no? It yeah. has been. But, like, this is, like, it, like, like instances like these. Like, in the past, I may have wanted to be, like, the top-tier teams. Um, but it's, to me, I'm getting, like, more like enjoyment enjoy watching like individual performances and not caring about like the rest yeah. if that makes sense more so than ever I, this I think it this this is one of those series though I agree with you I mean even on these shows you and I and and the rest of the CHGO Cubs crew we've primarily been focused on individual player development and you know mm-hmm. kind of looking toward the future and how things are, are being built and all of that whether we're 
happy about that process or complaining about it. It just sort of depends on the day. But um, these are the games that were like, especially like you're you're playing the sort of consummate comparison, right? Like anytime you're yeah. playing the Dodgers, you get that stark contrast of this is how we all kind of want the organization to be run and things to be going and, um, you know, winning the division every year for a decade, things like that. And then you also have these games lasting until, you know, midnight or later in Chicago. I don't care because I can't sleep that early. But I love playing that games, yeah. But my, my point, though, is like when, when they play these games these late, I know what you mean about not like caring so much about the wins and losses but mm-hmm. it is these are the games where it's like a little more difficult i think to separate that out because like the game ends at 12:30 sure. at night For on sure. a thursday For or sure. a friday and you're like you know it gets kind of tiring to just watch this team lose <laughs> every night you know it does, yeah. I I, to- I totally get that. It's like for for me though to see like Keegan do so well yes. against the best hitting lineup. It's like all right, like I'm pumped up about yeah. that. And to see like Nico do well against good pitching, it's the same. But there is there is a side of me too when you're watching the bullpen blow those games and kind of washing away the good feelings from those performances that does annoy me but yeah. i try and i think i succeeded this weekend not letting that affect what me. a very weird series because if you were just looking at the scores um the cubs lost by two runs three times in this series and a single run on friday so mm-hmm. the the scores look close I, the, I i i don't know if it feels that way um the, the all the time I guess, right? They were winnable games, clearly. Uh, But especially on Sunday, you know, the Cubs blowing a a pretty sizable lead. They were up eight to three in the third inning and they lost 11 to nine. It just, I don't know, maybe didn't feel that close completely to me the the whole time, even though, you know, they were, they were fighting. You got to give these guys credit. They're, they're out there fighting, you know, putting up an effort in a lot of these games. Dodgers are very good and they, you know, kept them, kept them in it for uh, the, the large part here this weekend. But uh, what we want to do on this episode to start your off day morning, uh, we're going to focus on two uh, really nice things to start this episode. We're going to start things on a positive, uh, and then we are going to look at the the series, but you know, not do the you know kind of looking through the box scores uh, in as as much detail in terms of the games because I don't think you guys want to hear so much about. Uh, specifically how the Dodgers beat the Cubs four times this weekend. But individual player stuff and and some of the exciting stuff, Brendan kind of mentioned, you know, Keegan's huge performance, Nico having a nice weekend, um, some of that other stuff in there. But where I want to start, Brendan, um, some good news. And I know that given the circumstances and the point in the calendar and all of that stuff, it's hard for some people to enjoy this stuff. Because their brain immediately goes to like three-ish weeks from now, right? But And mine does too. Yes. But for a brief moment, let's just live in the present, right? Okay. Wilson Contreras uh, is your starting catcher for the National League as it should have been. Any other decision would have been an absolute sham. Uh, So that is point positive number one but number two Brendan is that uh, I believe because of Bryce Harper's injury uh, his brother who is uh, with the Atlanta Braves is also going to start that game as the designated hitter Amazing. Uh, which is 
absurd. It's been 30 years since Roberto and Sandy Alomar uh, were the most recent pair of brothers to start on the same MLB All-Star team. Wilson Contreras and his brother William uh, breaking that dry spell, I guess, for for siblings Mm -hmm. in the majors. This is really, really awesome, Brendan. I think absurd is the right and perfect word to describe this. Given what we've known about Wilson's family problems and Venezuelan complications, you saw the photo of their entire family on the field when the Braves visited Wrigley. Amazing. And not only do they have those moments, but now you have this very unique moment where both those guys are starting in the same All-Star game, Corey, that's that's remarkable. That is, I imagine, going to be like the most significant moment in, in their family's lives. And as a fan, seeing Wilson come up personally, like I got to see Wilson play when he was a prospect. I got to see Wilson play in Arizona in the Arizona Fall League and kind of at least seeing him, you know, grow up a little bit. It's, it's really cool. And, and that's what makes following the sport again, for me as a fan, so fun because you get these experiences, you get these moments where you know that it's so special for the individual player and you kind of know their personality a little bit given given them growing up in the system. And the, like Wilson is going to be in absolute tears when, yeah. when he goes there. Uh, we've seen videos when he's been in the All-Star game in, in, in the past and getting you know the, the announcement. So this is going to be fun. And you have to, when I say you, I'm talking to myself, I have to just kind of separate out like the, as you said, the three weeks from now and the, and the trade discussions and really enjoy this because we may not see this again for any Cubs player, just given how rare it is. Yeah, it's it's easy to look at stuff like this and be, oh, it's going to be, well, too bad they're going to trade him. And I, I get it, right? I'm not... And we're going to see it, I'm too, not naive. I, I understand what's happening. But I think this is just such a pure and wholesome and lovely story that I just will deal with that in three weeks, right? Yeah. Um, him getting the start is awesome. Um, just because that means a lot. You know, being a part of the team is one thing, but when you're performing at the the level that he has been this season and it gets recognized and you get to be a part of that starting lineup, you get to be a part of that, you know, bigger introduction when they have the guys come out of the dugout and, and their names read yeah. and, and, you know, introduced to the crowd, that's a big deal. But he, he talked about wanting his brother to also be there and for him to get the start too, for them both, for Contreras to be in that lineup twice when it's handed over to start that game, you just know this means the world to him. We saw the video uh, when he was in the batting cage the first time he had made the all-star team and you know, just immediately bursting into tears, the absolute just joy uh, that had overcome him. And you, it, it's, you can't even fathom how much this means. <laughs> right? He tried to articulate it, like how much he wanted his brother to be there. Uh, there are no words. There are no words. I mean, I, it's just such an unbelievable thing, and, and I don't think that anybody deserves that type of milestone and unique thing to happen for them than Wilson Contreras. So this is really cool. Um, we've laid out how we feel about extending him and what they should be doing there, um, but for the moment, this is all happening as he's a Chicago Cub. And yep. he's been in this organization for so long. He's a, a Jim Hendry player. 
can you Wilson believe that? Wilson yeah. <laughs> a Jim Hendry throwback. And right there. like, so all of this together, this is a, a, a Wilson Contreras accomplishment and it it's it's part of the the Cubs history. And so we'll we'll see what happens here, but but this is really, really special. And I can't wait to watch this game and just see them interact. I, I think I read a quote from his brother William that was just like he had just gotten the news and was like, I can't even imagine how our parents feel. Uh, you know, yeah. that they'll be able to not only watch one of their sons start the All-Star game, but two of them be able to play together. And, and you know, I don't, do they wear the same uniform technically? I don't, uh, I don't do know. Do they wear their own? You know, I'm not right? used to watching All-Star games. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't, yeah. it, it, sort of wearing the same uniform, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, proverb, yeah the so. proverbial same uniform. But yeah, this is, this is just really special. Uh, Wilson Contreras' third all-star start ties him with uh, Gabby Hartnett for the most among Cubs catchers in Look franchise that, history. Hartnett. So uh, anytime you are able to put together notes like that, it is uh, very cool. Yeah. And he's healthy. The hamstring appears to be kind of behind yes, them. You know, starting today. That's huge. Yeah. I, I think I mentioned on the last podcast that like I wanted him to be back just for his own sake and, and for the Cubs and, and everything. But uh, just please don't have him, you know, have to sit out uh, because of a, you know, sore hamstring or something like that. Mm-hmm. This this extremely special occasion that uh, is, is going to be going on. So, yeah, that's uh, just really awesome. And we'll follow that with uh, some more, you know, really nice news. Uh, Ian Happ is an all-star for the first time. And uh, we did get reports, you know, from Taylor McGregor in the clubhouse and the dugout that uh, David Ross did say that Ian, you know, had some some tears. Someone was cutting onions a little dusty in the Cubs Road clubhouse today in Los Angeles. Uh, And Brendan, like this is, you know, again, he's in the same boat. Like you can look ahead to a few weeks. We've all read the rumors. We all know what they're talking about, what they're thinking, etc., um, but this is another circumstance where you have a guy, and we actually just, I think, recently talked about this, but like the trajectory of Hap's career was not an easy one, right? Uh, his yeah. major league career, you know, he's a first round draft pick, uh, comes up in 2017, but goes through getting sent down, you know, to start the 2019 season, has uh, a bunch of ups and downs. Our guy, Ryan Herrera from, uh, chgo cubs over at allchgo.com is where you can find his work tweeted out today that through july 10th of last year you remember he struggled mightily he had he was hitting 183 with a 73 wrc plus on july 10th of 2021 on july 10th of 2022 he's hitting 276 with a 355 weighted on base average a 128 wrc plus and on this july 10th Brendan, he is an all-star for the first time. Can you believe that? In his entire career development has been unorthodox in terms of how you project him. His way of going about success this year is beyond impressive and beyond my expectations because he's doing so by not striking out while maintaining that type of great discipline. Corey, his strikeout rate is 20% right now, 21% right now. At his peak, 
he was 36 percent in 2018 in in almost 500 plate appearances he was striking out at a 36 percent clip even last year in 535 plate appearances striking out almost 30 percent of the time so this is a massive massive adjustment because he's making way more contact that's encouraging that suggests not only this season but in seasons beyond this that this level of success could be sustainable so i give him a ton of credit it has been a weird trajectory for him being part of that transitioning core from 2016 you know having to play multiple positions second base corner outfield center field maybe not getting that everyday opportunity that some guys are being afforded right now like christopher morell and uh, even recently seeing Nelson Velasquez play more because those past teams were competitive and he's succeeded. He's kind of gotten over that hump to the point where talking about an extension with Ian Happ, I feel as if most fans really want that. And if we were to have this discussion, as you mentioned, his July numbers from last year, I would imagine most of the, of the fans would not even care right. about an extension talk. That's how fast things have changed for him. Yeah. And so uh, a really good piece from uh, Andy Martinez over at Marquee Sports Network on their on their website, uh, you know, he talking about Hap and, and, you know, getting quotes from Ian after the game on Sunday. And one of the, the really interesting things that he points out in this article is that it's, it's actually, the, the timing of it is, is kind of interesting. It's, it's not exactly like to a year, but you'll remember, obviously, the Cubs went to Los Angeles through that combined no-hitter last June, and then the world fell apart. And by the world, I mean the Cubs franchise fell apart uh from the minute that they finished that no hitter um but in before that series David Ross had called Hap into his office in Los Angeles so you know the kind of comparison with them playing the Dodgers this weekend and that was kind of the point where Ross had had to sit Ian down and say hey we're gonna probably bring you off the bench this series because he was hitting 182 uh, and that was a, a tough thing for Ian. It, you know, Andy has a quote from Ian in, in this article that he also cried in David Ross's office, uh, a year ago in June in before that series in Los Angeles. <laughs> Can you believe that? The parallel. And well. so a year plus, you know, a year and some change later, uh, again in David Ross's office shedding some tears, but this time because he's, set, you know, a, a pretty major career accomplishment in making the All-Star game for the first time. Um, it's just really special. And, you know, this is one of those things where you you have to, you you know, you pointed out a lot of the changes, um, the, the, the strikeout rate and, you know, what he's done from hitting from the right side um, in, in the adjustments that he's made. And you think back to when he got sent down initially, uh, you know, in that that super surprising send down prior to the season where, you know, he was struggling Mm -hmm. at balls over the plate and, you know, just swinging through hittable pitches over the middle of the plate and a ton of questions of where's this guy going to play? How does he fit into things? What is he going to develop into? Yada, yada, yada. And for him to maintain his composure, maintain his 
effort and his work ethic and all of that and and you know the the mental side of this there there's a lot that I don't think you know you or I can really imagine Brendan when you're such a highly touted draft pick and prospect and you know then you get sent down you struggle at times you have these questions this and that and to stick through all of that and come out on the other side and be putting up, uh, you know, some of the best numbers of his, his career have very clear adjustments to problems in his game that he has mm-hmm. made and, uh, you know, beaten, right? Like he has he has knocked them off. He has passed that level. Uh, and it's just really impressive. It's a testament to him. And it's, it's one of those like feel good things. You follow along with a guy's career from the point where they're drafted which, you know, I think for uh, a lot of us is definitely true of Ian Happ. And these are the moments that, you know, you kind of, uh, you got to let your, I think your like emotion take over a little bit. You know, that's what I'm saying about like the trade deadline stuff. It's like, whatever, we'll talk about that in a few weeks. We'll see what they do. But like, this is just cool. Like, you know, we're, we're all just fans. We don't know these guys personally, but we know them pretty dang well, right? Like from what we can uh, you know, the their public-facing persona and stuff. We learn so much about these guys. We, um, you know, see their journey in life. And, you know, he got engaged recently. And you just, you're just happy for these guys. You're, you're going to tear up over there too, geez, Corey. It's, uh, uh. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's just, it's cool. I'm, I'm happy for I these know, guys. I know, I know. And, and I think like the rest of us, I wish that I didn't have to kind of like push some context into the back of my mind. I wish that we were just in a position where the Cubs were extending guys and these conversations were easier and we're getting ready. You know, wow, we have so many all-stars and they're, you remember when they had so many all-stars and then they won the world series? Like that stuff is a lot yeah, more fun, that. right? Yeah. Than, People do forget that. Than though, this yeah. conversation, but, um, yeah. the world series, right? That's what you said. Yes, the, world series? the Cubs did win okay, the world series. Just, just Eventually, sure, yeah, Brendan, yeah, correct, it's, yes. it, you know, we're going to have those episodes where we do that and we go, shit, that was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Right, kind of happy like right oh now. man, it's sneaking up on us. But uh, no, you just like you read you read some of these quotes. He he says uh, at the end of this this article on Marquis, Ian says, "quote It's an honor to be able to call yourself a big league all star is really really cool. I'm humbled by it to have that come full circle from just being." At that point, to getting an opportunity those last two months of last year, riding that into this year, and having this first half, I mean, baseball's a wild ride. It is. I And you brought it up right there. It reminded me of when we were talking about Ian Happ in 2017. This is a cool part about doing these podcasts, because now we can go back in time and put ourselves in those positions of talking about players in those moments. Like you will always used to bring this up, that interview in 2017 where Ian Happ's like, yeah, I got to be diverse. I got to play multiple positions because I need to be valuable, right? Like, like that was who he was then. And you know from then in 2017 to now, all of the trials and, and tribulations that he had to go through to get to this point. And again, you can, you can, you can take out the future in three weeks and still enjoy that. And for me... This is why baseball is so cool. Yeah, I want to win games. Yeah, I want to win World Series. But for 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 me as a fan, there's an additional aspect to it. And I think, you know, I always say this, but if you have a chance to go out to Arizona and see the backfield, 
stuff. See the the, the backfield games, the Arizona, you know, complexly the the ACL, you know, I hate that name, but ACL or the Arizona Fall League, and see these players up close. And you can talk to other like fans who are out there. Like I met like uh, like uh, Rich Beisterfeld, who takes all those great minor mm-hmm. league photos. It's it's a unique experience, and I feel as if. I don't feel as if I know for sure. Other sports don't have that. The NBA doesn't have that. The NFL doesn't have that. The NHL I'm not really you know aware of, but I believe the the time that it takes for these players to develop is way more in baseball, being like you know teenager all the way up to now. So this is unique, and Hap fits that type of player that we've seen kind of just like grow yeah. up. So. It's good to I see think Corey. it, you know, it 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 is baseball is unique in that regard, especially. I mean, you know, other teams have developmental leagues, but not that are covered mm-hmm. the way that you know yeah. baseball is, and and that have such a fan presence all across the country and things yeah. like that. Um, yeah, it's like you know, it's those moments where you just, I, I mean, you and I have pretty much been doing this podcast for almost the entirety of the time that Hap has been in the organization. Not the entire time. He was drafted in the summer of 2015, but like pretty much outside of his first foray into professional baseball. We've, you know, he's been a part of the organization and someone that we would have been talking about and watching and seeing highlights of. And that's kind of, kind of what I mean about you You get to know these guys. Like, we've been following mm-hmm. Ian Happ for six years, you know? I know. In, yeah, in low levels of minor league baseball, reading his scouting reports the night of the draft, you know, from him showing up in spring training, things like that. You you do, it, it, it is what makes, I think, a lot of these conversations uh, harder, you know, when we are dealing with what the organization has been doing for the last couple of years, because th- a lot of these guys are not just, you know, it's not the, it's not some of these other sports where these guys are just, uh, you know, free agents that they sign for a few years at a time. Some of them are, but so many of them, I mean, w- you know, like I said, I mean, Wilson Contreras has been in this organization forever. forever. And if, if you uh, admittedly, like I think, and this is true of a lot of people, you know, he may not have been on your radar when he first joined the organization or was in the lower levels of the minors, uh, but he's been part of the Cubs organization for such a long time. It, it, it I mean, adds, I was in high school when he was when he was uh, signed by yeah, the Cubs. Yeah, like it Corey. adds some <laughs> added context and like emotion to these things where it's yeah. like, yeah, like there are players on a baseball team we don't know, but there are players we've been on a journey with for, in some cases, near or over a decade, you know, mm-hmm. and that adds to it. It, it. it makes some of these things a lot harder, but as we're trying to focus on, you know, before we hit our first uh, sponsor break here mm-hmm. in a second, like it also makes these moments a lot sweeter, right? For sure. Ian Happ has For been, sure. you know, and and both of them, but like Happ in, in you know, in particular, I think in Chicago, like such a an, an amazing community member and, and doing constant mm-hmm. charity work through different programs and different things that he does. And you just feel these these moments, right? Like there have been times where I didn't know what to make of Ian Happ, right? But you're still on this journey with these guys and they're still a part of the team and they're a part of the community. And, and when things like this happen, it's, it's really cool. And I think as fans, you do kind of feel 
a part of it in, in a lot of ways. And I'll, I'll throw it back to you, Brendan, so we can uh, wrap up this this segment yeah, here yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and move on to our ad break. But I'll, I'll end it with perhaps, I think, the, the perfect quote for both things, right? The the sticking in the present, and it's also going to tug at your heartstrings a little bit, right? From, oh, I love it. From yeah. Wilson Contreras. He said, quote, making it three times to the All-Star game in a Chicago Cubs uniform, it means everything to me. <sighs> Why do you got to do that before I have to read this ad, Corey? Like, now I need like a minute to process this, but I'll measure my best here. So... Uh, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email PointsBet at allchgo.com. We'll help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better seeing edge in the game you're watching. Is your favorite team prime for a comeback? Don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. More live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash-outs. Follow along with your bets the moments they hit and stay in the live action all game long. Download the PointsBet app right now and use promo code CHGO. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants to help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Our second sponsor here is Owen. I have to tell you about Owen, which stands for only what you need. Owen is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works as hard as you do. All their products are free of artificial ingredients, allergen-friendly, no gluten or dairy, and easily digestible. I first heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who follows a plant-based diets. You know, some have compared my athleticism to Justin Fields, so I had to try these drinks out for myself. They taste great, and I know that I'm getting quality nutrition that I might otherwise miss during my busy days. Owen and CHGO have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com with code CHGO20. Join me and Justin Fields to try Owen. Only what you need. All right, Brendan. Uh, you know, the other thing, too, we didn't, like, touch on it too much. I think we were focused on the players, but the the Hap thing in particular, I mean, really both of them, honestly, but, like, Hap in particular is also a credit to the organization, um, as yeah, much as a lot sure. of us enjoy really trashing the organization <laughs> uh, <laughs> as much as we can lately. You know, that is a, a, a pretty good example of sticking with a player, identifying adjustments, and utilizing your minor league coaching system, your your different, you know, your hitting infrastructure and all of the different voices and people that ultimately help to make these changes. You know, they obviously haven't succeeded in this with every player that, you know, has been highly touted or, you know, has struggled, things like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, you do want to see this, right? Like a guy that had to go into the manager's office and was talking about, you know, coming off of the bench because they couldn't start him anymore. 
uh, to being an all-star. Like, that is generally what you would like to see the organization doing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you're seeing not just Hap kind of go through that process of, you know, trying different things out and now having succeeded with his latest round of adjustments. But you've seen it over the past couple of years, even with like Nico Horner, having worked with Vileka and Chicago, Nico put on weight and everything. But you're seeing Nico's power come out this year, Corey, with having five home runs. His, his offense is above league average. His expected numbers are also above league average. So it's kind of nice to see that the organization, while they've had success recently with developing pitchers now the same could be said about some of their hitters even in the process um a, a lot more needs to be seen but it, you're right you kind of have to take a, a step back a little bit and see just how significant haps changes were not just on he himself but just from an organizational perspective that might inspire hope for other players as well yeah all right, so let's look at uh, some of this really fun series out in Los Angeles. Okay. Um, going to go through the box scores, and I think we're going to pause on some of the players, um, you know, switching it up a little bit uh, this episode, okay. kind of, just, you know, that we want to so talk no, about. So no, no Nico? You can talk about Nico. We can okay. pause on just Nico. Making, just making sure. Um, making sure. On Thursday, it was a 5-3 to three loss. Uh, this one, the Cubs did not blow any leads. Uh, though they wow. would save that for later. Uh, Mark mm. Leiter Jr. gets the start in this one. Five innings, five hits, four earned, no walks, four strikeouts. All things considered, a, a pretty decent outing from uh, Mark Leiter Jr. against a rather tough, obviously, Los Angeles lineup. Uh, kept you in the game, and, you know, the game was close. So that's really, you know, especially from someone like Leiter, that's pretty much what you're looking for. So uh, good on him. A really nice outing from Scott Efros in this one. One in the third, no hits, no runs, no walks, and a strikeout. So that's good to see two-thirds uh, scoreless and hitless and walkless from Brandon Hughes as well. So, uh, you know, a, a decent night on the pitching side. The Cubs got their runs on Thursday on a Christopher Morell home run and a save. A Suzuki double. The Christopher Morell home run, uh, really impressive as it was off of Tony Gonsolin, who, if you uh, watched the game, I'm sure they, you know, belabored this point intensely. Uh, but he's been really good, uh, really, really good. And, you know, the, the numbers of guys who have homered off of him, homered off of uh, his breaking pitches, homered off of him from the right side, it's very, very slim. Uh, in some of those cases, it's only Christopher Morell. So that was really nice to see. Um, you know, he's make he's in that adjustment phase, Brendan, but anytime you see something like that, it is pretty noteworthy. Like, basically nobody is hitting Tony Gonsolin, and Christopher Morell took him deep. Yeah, I mean, good. Uh, Morell is surprising you, I feel, as if like every other week now. Just when you think he needs to go through this, like, intense adjustment phase he comes out and like for example having been moved down to the eighth and ninth spot and, and succeed right away and then being pushed back up he, he's going through these adjustments fast Corey and yeah to hit a home run off of Gonsolin and to be inserted back in the leadoff spot and gain the trust of David Ross is impressive is impressive and is symbolic I think of why the current stats you're seeing like the low contact rate and maybe a little bit lately the hyper aggression why i think it's 
it's difficult to project because we know he is capable of adjusting really fast and unpredictably. Yeah, so he follows Thursday's game with a couple one for fours on Friday and Saturday and then an 0 for four with a few K's on Sunday. So, you know, an up and down series. But I do think, you know, as with a lot of guys, like we know he's he's adjusting as you talked about. Uh, the thing that, that stands out for me, like I mentioned, like some of the, the, the numbers with Gonsolin, uh, but this is the only one, the only home run that Tony Gonsolin has allowed with somebody on base the entire season. It's crazy. Like, that's where I'm going to put my focus, right? Like, yeah, the the offer on Sunday with a few Ks is not great. He's He did something on Thursday that basically nobody in the majors mm-hmm. is doing off of a guy who is in the conversation to start the All-Star game and will certainly be in the conversation for the Cy Young Award if he keeps this pitching up uh, for Los Angeles. So that's, that's the key for me is that the Cubs have a 23-year-old who— uh, managed to sneak his way into some of those statistics. Uh, on Friday, it was a 4-3 to three loss. The Cubs do blow a lead in this one. More on that in a little bit. Uh, they led 3 to nothing in the 6th. They lost 4-3 to three in 10 innings. They also, Brendan, they, they started the year like I think pretty good in terms of getting that extra runner home. They're terrible at doing that. And I, I, I don't really know what to think about it. And it's one of those things where, like, I don't think it falls on David Ross because, like, he's not the one taking the at-bats. Like, these guys need to hit situationally. In in that game, I think in the top of the 10th inning, the Cubs hit, I think it, all three of the batted balls were, like, up the middle or back to the pitcher, right? Like, I, I don't know what David Ross is supposed to do about that, but I think they failed to score, like— 10 of their last 11 base run free base runners and in extra innings it's like I don't I don't know what David Ross is supposed to do but it it's one of those stats where you go I don't think this reflects well on the manager right like this is a free run there's a runner on second and nobody out and I know this team has had runners in scoring position issues forever like I don't know whose fault that is or who you know which baseball god we pissed off to get stuck with that moniker for like six seasons but it it's just one of those things where they well this isn't good baseball i don't know what the the takeaway is i, I mean, just know yeah. it's not good i mean what do you want him to do like bunts and everything no like yeah so like there's really nothing ross yeah. can do about it just doesn't that. feel kind of, good it doesn't yeah. feel good it's weird because i feel as if this skill set for this team would be primed to succeed in those situations given the heavier contact but that's just not happening right. so i don't know i feel like over the course of a longer season if this were to continue to happen I, i'd be surprised if it's this severe just given how random things can be but if you also look at whom they've played they play some like quality teams next year yeah. like the dodgers and their bullpen is no joke so that might be part of it too yeah, we traded uh, some of our big boppers, you know, swinging for the fences and striking out with runners in scoring position for uh, weak, you know, weak little ground balls. Right and yeah. Left side. yeah, I know. Oh, Can boy. Never... Uh, we should have been more specific when we wanted, when we were asking that problem. Which one do you like better? How do you like to die? Would you rather die with the weak grounder or the strikeout? That's a difficult decision. I, I would rather watch Javi swing for the fences and strike That's out fair. than That's a, fair. a squibber to second base yeah personally um (laughs) in this game uh nico horner did you want to talk about do you like nico horner 
I a unique home run guy? I, I am. I am. Um, Thank you for bringing him up. He hits his fifth home run of the year off of Tyler Oof. Anderson, who has having Oof. a very good season. So again, in the in the category of pay attention Mm-mm-mm. to who these guys are hitting the home runs off of, uh, that was one of them. And, you know, he just continues to have a really good uh, season. I know he's— Yeah, he does. You know, he, he's one of those guys where it's the full value, right? You look at the, the leaderboard for players in the majors and, you know, just the National League, and he's going to be up there even though he is not, uh, you know, the most exciting hitter in the same way that some of these other guys are. But it's the full value that puts him— It's exciting to me. Yes, I know that. Um <laughs> But just a, a really incredible season, and uh, you know, again, we we bring this up. Every, I bring this up every time, Brendan. But like, you're you were clamoring for more power, and he's bringing more power. I was, and the the discipline too has been better since the start of June. So not only is the power showing up with the five home runs, but he's swinging at pitches outside the zone at almost a league average rate at a 31% rate. They averaged around like 28, 29%, give or take the year. So that's encouraging to see as well. And oh man, like, dude, like if Nico can continue this, and for, for me, like this is my problem. I'm trying to separate out the obvious fan side and then trying to be you know objective about this. Like I fully understand that Nico needs to do this and stay healthy for the entire year to be absolutely confident going into the offseason that you can make decisions about which shortstop potentially to target in free agency. Like I, I understand that fully. But uh, his progression this year is exceptional is exceeding my own expectations i feel as if it's exceeding most fans expectations but Corey, he has like the best defense in major league baseball shortstop the best defense his uh expected numbers his expected weight on base average is 330 his actual weight on base average is 328 and his uh, wrc plus of 110 10 better than league average is incredible for everything combined, then you have the the sprint speed, as as you mentioned, being in the 90th percentile, doing this off good competition, doing this now in the fifth spot in the batting order, and getting more at best and being exposed to pitchers like the Dodgers staff and bullpen, who are really good. Corey, this this needs to be, I think, like emphasized a little bit more. Like we're seeing. Ian Happajoss and Morell being thrown to the fire, so to speak, recently. Uh, Nico is as well, and Ross is giving Nico more chances to fail, and he's not failing. He's taking the higher number of at-bats, taking the role batting in the middle of the order, and kind of running with it. And that's here's here's one aspect about Nico that uh, I, I think will kind of come out as he continues to get more playing time. His, his attitude, Corey, like, like this is like a future captain of the team. I'm being serious here. Like if you listen to his role when he was with Stanford, he's he's a leader, man. And you see like the intensity of how he plays, whether he's like sliding across home plate or getting clutch hits or whatever. Like th- this this guy has uh, tenacity, yeah. like 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 Wilson Contreras. You, you said it. Uh, I think the last time we were on YouTube that Nico Horner yeah. is baseball. Like he's a yes. baseball player's baseball player if that Dude, if that I mean, makes he, sense yeah he like does everything well but yeah. like to, to me that's why you know i like him so much because he's so confident like he has that like i'm gonna just take care of business myself i love that attitude about him yeah uh so if you're 
a believer in war, wins above replacement. Uh, of course, that's combining everything that a player does on the field, offense, defense, base running, etc. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, Brendan, calculate his, uh, you know, attire, his fashion. I know you would consider that in there, but it's, I they do. don't, Fangraphs do. has an added. Well, they should, they should, um, yeah. In Major League Baseball, Nico Horner is the 30th most valuable player in the entire uh, league position player with at least 100 uh, plate appearance. You have to remember, he missed a little bit of time, so he's like just under uh, the qualifying measure, but when you're mm-hmm. looking at war, it doesn't matter. He's accruing the value. Uh, 30th in Major League Baseball in the National League, 16th. So there are only 15 players ahead of Nico Horner on this list if you're looking at uh, accumulated wins above replacement for the National League. One of them is Wilson Contreras. So (laughs) if you're looking at this list, like 16, and then you read the 15 above it, it's it's really nice company to uh, be keeping for our boy Nico Horner. Finishing up on the game on Saturday, Keegan Thompson, Brendan, uh, this is another one. Like, it's easy to focus on how frustrating this series was in a season that's very frustrating as we barrel towards probably another mess of emotional trauma at the trade deadline. But some really good individual performances. Um, What a, yeah, what a job we have to do with this team. Uh, Anyway, but Keegan Thompson on Friday night, at Dodger Stadium, on the road against a lineup featuring Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Justin Turner, Will Smith, five and two-thirds, two hits, one run. It's unearned, one walk, eight strikeouts. He should have been through six with that run, even though it wasn't earned. Not on the board. Say I made an error. Not a big deal. It happens. Uh, Say has never played here before. Not a big deal. But for the sake of Keegan's line, it should have been six scoreless, flat. Yeah. This was, again, we've talked about, I think I mentioned it not long ago, where like you start, it's not the same, and I don't necessarily expect it to be the same next year, right? So the parallel, of course, as always, is not perfect. But this had some of those like Jake Arrieta in Boston kind of vibes. Not the same, that was a, a much better start by Arietta and he, so you're not comparing him to Jake he, he Arietta went on to sure. do something crazy the next year, right? Mm-hmm. But it had those vibes in terms of okay, we've been talking about this guy, we've been thinking about this guy, we've been asking questions about this guy, and he just went out and as our guy Cody likes to say, he shoved against mm-hmm. a whale of a lineup on the road, in a tough place to pitch, and he was really, really good, Brendan. And before I throw it to you to talk about his slider, I'm assuming you're just going to gush about the slider. I've gotten to know you over a few years. Okay. Okay. I would be remiss if I did not point out once again that after the start on Friday, Keegan Thompson's ERA is 3-16. Amazing. We love that number in this family. If you're not a wrestling person, (laughs) that's your prerogative. I'm not going to talk about it too much. Uh, But, yeah, I I do love that. Uh, And that's the bottom line because Keegan Thompson said so. Go ahead, Brendan. Okay. Okay. So Keegan, Corey, you mentioned the slider. He threw that pitch the second most of his six pitch types thrown 
against the Dodgers. Just the, the fact that I said six pitch types is remarkable to me because, as I've said in the past few months here, he was dominating out of the bullpen by throwing just almost exclusively four seams and cutters and then wiping guys out with curveballs maybe once every five times. But he threw a four seam or a, or a cutter around 75% of the time. That's insane. And so in this start, he threw a four seam fastball about half the time. And then he equally distributed sliders. He threw 13 sliders. Then he threw 11 cutters and 11 curveballs. And Corey, even six changeups and four sinkers. This is a starting pitcher repertoire. And the slider got three whiffs. The cutter got two whiffs. The curveball got a whiff. The four-seamer got uh, several whiffs. And even the sinker got two whiffs. So he had, for the first time in his career, a whiff on five pitch types. And he did that against the Dodgers in Los Angeles while, for the first time also in his career, throwing the slider as his second most used pitch. This was his best start of his career by far, Corey. It's unfortunate that Sayed did appear to lose that ball in the lights, perhaps, and misjudge it off the bat. Happens. He's learning as well. But from the pitch usage perspective to the success to the whiffs, to, again, the attitude, he has that attitude as Nico does yeah. and even as Justin Steele does. I feel so good about Keegan yeah, Thompson. Yeah, me too. I did not, I, I'm really good, Corey. I did not expect myself to get to this point because to develop these pitches this fast is rare. He's a rare breed, man. And maybe he's not going to be that like Jake Gary at a you know, 2015, 2016 type guy. But in the same tone, like he's adapting extremely fast, unpredictably. And if he continues to do this, for me, it's just a matter of stamina and getting through the season. But if he just stays healthy, if he can just yeah. eat innings, Corey, this is like an obvious lot. It's an obvious for next year. Yeah. Yeah, it's obvious. And, you know, you look at some of the swings. I mean, getting, you know, he I think he got Mookie on strikes twice called. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the swings that he got from guys like Betts and, and Freeman. And, you know, I mean, you you know these guys in this Dodger lineup. Like, to be able to go out on there sliders, Corey, too. and do on that is, is really impressive. But th- that's the other thing, mm-hmm. too. Like, especially for a guy in Keegan's position who's been asked to do so many different roles for this team. And, you know, over the last few years, up and down, up and down, you know, uh, reliever, starter, minors, majors, all this stuff. You watch him like add this new pitch uh, with the slider and be able to use it effectively. It's nasty. Everybody's talking about it. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's the, it's the hip thing, right? Uh, in, in <laughs> Cubs Twitter now, uh, even though uh, if I remember correctly, uh, somebody over at uh, allchgo.com was the first to identify it. Yeah, I believe that was you. It's, it's that Dr. Obsessive. Miller. Yes, I know. Um, but impressive for him to be able to do that mid-season and add that to his repertoire and be confident enough to use it and understand how to use it but you also talked about that attitude and all that other stuff like you you also we've noticed that he has that poise on the mound he clearly has that presence from day one Corey we talked about it last year when he was yes it's it's really evident right but you also listen to him like after this game against the Dodgers he talked a little bit too about uh, throwing the the heat up in the zone and how he's getting swings on that and how it oh, plays yep. um, when he does that and and executes it properly above the zone, which you've seen him do a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. um, that's another thing. You listen to him and it's like, this guy gets it. Like he's absorbing all of this information that these 
Uh, mm. You know, this pitching infrastructure is giving him. However, they're disseminating it to him, right? Like we we remember with John Lester, he didn't want the numbers. Just tell him what to do. I don't know how Keegan right. is, but he's clearly he's adding pitches he's changing the way he's using certain pitches and then you listen to him talk about it it's like he knows exactly what's going on you know he's in on on the plan and and the 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 line of thinking and reading hitters and all this it's impressive it bodes really well and I, I again he for me as frustrating as this team is he's appointment viewing like whatever I'm oh my doing God, yes. I you know we we talk about this show you know, uh, a lot or this, uh, team on this show a lot. So we watch all the yeah. games, but like, I, I wouldn't miss Keegan, uh, in any <laughs> other context, right? He's appointment viewing, uh, really, really good, really impressive. And I, yeah, every time I just look forward to, I'm, I'm at the point, Brendan, honestly, I don't, I, things change. He's still working and making adjustments, but I'm not really looking at him as a question for like the rotation next year. It's a question of what, position in the rotation they're going to have to manage his workload because he's you know well that's what I yeah, mean. The, the rest of this year you're going to have to figure out how you want to do that because uh, you're just going to start blowing past you know how much he's started at this level and pitches thrown and all that other stuff uh, but I don't think I'm really questioning that my question would be what's his ceiling and what's his floor in the rotation because you look at the amount of pitches he's throwing the velocity that he has, he's showing that he can go deeper into games and kind of maintain this stuff and and go through these different starts. Like I'm not, he's he's penciled in there, like un, uh, you know until further notice. So that's yeah, kind of where sure. I am. It's just a question of what the ceiling is. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's it's he has the stuff, right? It's just like all right, can you eat the innings now? Because you want like like the reason I bring that up before I get to this ad break here is because. Like Keegan has potentially stuff to be not just a four or five starter, right? Like if you want to pencil him into the rotation as like a number three starter, for example, then that number three starter needs to like start 29, 30 times. Like that's, that's what I mean by that. So, and which is an amazing conversation to even have. That's how fast he's kind of gone up the, uh, the expectation ladder, if you will. Okay. A uh, quick break here from our sponsor, PointsBet. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to 2000 bucks, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email PointsBet at all CHGO.com. It'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for once the game starts? Don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Brendan. Um, last two games of this series, a couple things to just talk about before we preview, uh, obviously an off day on Monday and then uh, another set with the Orioles, who of course are red hot, right? I don't think I've ever said that in my life, Brendan. But of course, as, they, <laughs> as they're coming to Wrigley Field to play the Cubs, they have to be red hot. So that's great. Um, on Saturday, it was a 4-2 to loss for the Cubs, but the key note here, Marcus Stroman does make his return. Four innings, two hits, 59 pitches in those four innings, no runs, one walk, and three strikeouts. Really good to see him back, and again, this is a very tough LA lineup, and Marcus looked good, he looked healthy, and he got good results. 
he did. I think Marcus, uh, with all the circumstances, with the shoulder injury, that was an ideal performance coming back. You know, he showcased all of his pitch types. He threw four innings. He looked healthy. The velocity was great. He got some whiffs. He appeared to be happy. That was the best you can ask for, again, given the circumstances. And now the hope is that he can just build up the stamina and go five innings, six innings. And for me, it's never a a matter of can Marcus be good? That's never been the case. Like everything is right in line from a pitch perspective point of view to the efficiency by pitch type. Everything is right there within his career norm. He just needs to stay healthy and get into that consistent routine. Yeah. uh, Another nice outing for Brandon Hughes in this one, uh, scoreless inning of work with a strikeout. Scott Efros does get the blown save in this one, just gives up a run on a couple hits, uh, but he's still been really, really good, so not a big deal there. And then on Sunday, some things of note, it was an 11-9 loss, the Cubs blowing, as I said, an 8-3 lead. They have led in 31 of their 52 losses, Uh, so something to just think about. Uh, They're They've had leads in a lot of games. They just can't hold them. We've talked about a lot of the the pitching stuff that's led to that, the starters uh, throughout most of the year not being able to go deep, a lot of young bullpen guys, guys coming up and down. It's it's not the best recipe for holding leads, but uh, you can be as frustrated about that as you'd like. Uh, key things in this one, PJ Higgins hits a grand slam. We kind of nice. did a, a little bit of, you know, tip of the cap to PJ on a recent episode, but he still continues to make the most of the time that he is given. Uh, just one for three in the game on Sunday, but it was a grand slam, so that's a pretty significant blow. 276 average, 866 OPS on the season. He was the starting catcher on Sunday, so a, a really nice depth guy for the Cubs so far this year. Uh, another note, David Bodie hits a three-run home run. He had a nice weekend, Brendan. Uh, he went one for two as the DH on Friday, and then two for two with the three-run homer and a walk in the game on Sunday. Bodie's line, 280 with an 880 OPS. Uh, he played a little bit of first base on Sunday, too, uh, with some of the shuffling around. So obviously, He's dealt with, uh, you know, a lot of injuries. He hasn't been back for long, but good to see him uh, putting some nice swings on the ball and, uh, yeah, making the most, you know, similarly of the the playing time that he's got and uh, giving the Cubs some support there. Uh, The last thing, Drew Smiley makes his return, uh, so that is nice to see. Uh, It didn't go well. Uh, Two innings, five hits, four earned, one walk, and one strikeout, but I think from an organizational perspective, Brendan, the thing is, can Drew Smiley look like someone someone else would want to trade for in the next three weeks? This is progress to that point. For sure. I was not expecting Smiley to come back and kind of uh, accelerate that rehab. So good to see. Maybe I'm just kind of doing back of the napkin, like mental math at this point, but I think he can get in like three more starts. And that might be enough to get back some sort of value if the Cubs do ultimately want to trade him away. Okay, so you mentioned that the Orioles are doing really well. Almost a 500 baseball team at 43 and 44. Who wow. would have thought the Baltimore Orioles? Man, what a that? mess that division is. Jeez. <laughs> Weird division. And they're all uh, 12 games behind the Yankees, aren't they? Uh, it's just it's yeah. crazy. It's absolutely absurd. Uh, so they do come to Wrigley Field for that Tuesday First game at 7.05 p.m. Central, we have Lyles for Baltimore pitching. He is 5-7 with a 4.5 ERA. 
Adrian Sampson will pitch for the Cubs. He has no decisions on the year. He does have a good 2.91 ERA. Then Wednesday, uh, just to finish off this very quick two-game set, uh, the Cubs have not announced a starter as of Sunday evening around 11 p.m., so keep tabs on that. Watkins will pitch for Baltimore. He's 2-1 with a 4.15 ERA. The Cubs are 34-52, and just to say their record out loud here and just looking ahead here because this is a two-game set after they finish off these two games here they do have the Mets coming to town so the Mets are 53 and 33 been doing well lately so as we talked about with Morrell and Bodie and Nico having success against good quality teams there will be more opportunities recently right here this week for the Cubs to continue to showcase that success against good competition so I'm still looking now to see how Ross uses Nico in that batting order will he stay in the fifth spot how is Seiya Suzuki going to look with uh, more playing time coming back from injury what does that mean for Nelson Velasquez playing time he had that home run on Sunday and what does that mean for David Bodie who also hit the ball well with Morrell playing well as well so there's a lot of moving parts here but uh those to me are the the obvious trends that uh need to be looked at yeah pretty much i mean just keeping an eye on how some of these things have going a lot of the stuff that we've talked about brendan you know that we try to check in on a pretty consistent right like you know wisdom after this series is 778 ops like he's still kind of doing his thing right like he had a, a bad game on sunday four strikeouts but the overall numbers and the home run production like still coming through uh you know so Nelson Velasquez did hit a homer on Sunday you know as you mentioned like his playing time and stuff the the rest of the the time he drew into the lineup was a bit of a struggle but you know did hit the home run so you just want to see him continue to get some opportunities make that progress continuing uh you know to watch Saya um and how he's coming back since uh coming back from the injury and yeah the, I, I I always look forward to watching um you know the these pitchers work and just keep an eye on on their progress and how everything's going and you know unfortunately so much of uh, the recent discussion has been health for a lot of these guys so you know just hoping mm-hmm. everybody's coming back and healthy and and able to to stay that way uh, that is pretty much the key so I think that is uh, what we have for you uh, as always you know hope you enjoy your off day. Uh, the Cubs cannot lose on Monday, folks. They cannot blow a lead. They, I, I was about to say, Brendan, that they can't harm you, but I know that's true, and I caught no, myself before you. I said that because, Thank yeah, you. they would have done something tomorrow uh, that people would have gotten on me about that. Uh, they, they, they could <laughs> harm you tomorrow. They totally could, or on Monday, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, what are you trying to say? On the there? baseball field, they cannot. <laughs> So they will leave you alone. That's also, that's also not true either. They can harm you in the baseball field too. They can harm you in many ways. They're not playing a game. Oh, what are they going to do? I don't know. I, I don't, don't want to challenge them. Yeah. Just enjoy your off yeah. day. That's the point. Enjoy your off day. Uh, Tuesday, of course, check in for pre and post game coverage uh, on the CHGO Cubs, the CHGO Sports YouTube channel, but from our CHGO Cubs team, obviously available in podcast form after the game. 
And I think that is what we have here, a rare note. Uh, Brendan and I will not have a midweek episode for you. Uh, Brendan has some work stuff going on uh, on the schedule, just not aligning for us to do that. So our guy Cody is going to help us out there. Rare for us, uh, but I think hopefully everyone can survive without hearing Brendan and I talk about uh, two games with the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> so we will be back with you uh, next Sunday, uh, and uh, we will break down everything that went on over the weekend. As always, we appreciate your support for CHGO and the CHGO Cubs podcast. We thank you for listening, and as always, go Cubs. <laughs>